This podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate delivers the best in geek and gaming gear. From collectibles, apparel, and tech gadgets to art and other epic gear, it's like having Comic-Con in a box. Loot Crate also features individual subscription boxes for gaming, anime, Marvel, and WWE fans, and plans begin at just $24.99 a month. So head on over to cinemageekly.com slash lootcrate, or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Nothing's ruined. Wrong! Wrong! I specifically ordered you not to get carried away! Now I'm repulsive. I can't live like this. Come on, it's not that bad. (laughs) You should look at it now. This shade is even better. I give up. I see no point in living if I can't be beautiful. Hal, cut it out. Hal, no, stop it. Hal. He's calling the spirits of darkness. I saw him do this once before when a girl dumped him. Now, Hal, you're all right. We'll just dye your hair back again, okay? Oh, fine. So you think you've got it bad? I've never once been beautiful in my entire life. I've had enough of this place. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. It's a brand new episode of Mystery Teen Girl Theater 9000. Yay, we're back. Yay, it's been a few weeks. Yep, it's been a a minute. It's been like a month or something or more than a month. (laughs) That's Kayla's fault. It's my fault. Um, (laughs) So yeah, this is the podcast series where we used to have an old format, but we changed it to a new format, but everything is still essentially the same. Kayla just picks out the movie now and still makes me do all of the work. Yep. Nothing has changed except for the fact that I am the one that decides on the films. Yes, the idea now is that Kayla will find something that she has always wanted to watch but never has. And, and then we watch it. And then we watch it, regardless of whether or not I have seen it. Yes. Uh, I'm th- trying to keep it to movies that he also hasn't seen. Yeah, so far we're two so for two in that. So far we're two for two uh, with that. Uh, so, uh, I opened my big stupid mouth on the last podcast and said that this opened everything up for you picking anime, and that is immediately <laughs> what you did. immediately what I did. Um, and you selected the 2004 film by, uh, how, how is his first name pronounced? Is it, Hi- is it Hayo? Hayo? I think it's Hayo. 
I would believe that is Hayao Miyazaki. Yes, the 2004 Hayao Miyazaki film, uh, Howl's Moving Castle. It's a Studio Ghibli movie! Yes, which, to be fair, of all the animes that I would ever want to watch, Studio (laughs) Ghibli ones are the ones that I am most interested in. Yes. Um, They're the ones that I've heard the best about. They are very good. I've only seen, I think I told you I've only seen one before. Yes. I don't remember which one that was. Poco? Pompoco. Pompoco? Something like that. Those are the, that's the only one I've ever seen before. Yeah. And I saw it on accident. It was on like, (laughs) it was on like HBO or something and I caught it in like the middle of it and finished watching it because I don't know what my deal was that particular day. That was years (laughs) ago. Mm Mm-hmm. But I remember thinking it was interesting, mm-hmm. and I've heard nothing but good things about other Studio Ghibli films, so I'm going to, uh, every now and again, nudge you slightly into maybe picking other Studio Ghibli films that I haven't seen that yes. I also want to see. I will perhaps do that. Uh, maybe if we're not careful, this podcast will undergo a third format change, and this will also be anime movies that I want to see for like three episodes, <laughs> and then revert to the old... <laughs> Uh, the old new format. Um, the, new, the new story arc of Dad Watches Anime Movies? <laughs> yeah, for three episodes. Yep. Dad Watches Four Anime Films or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> so we watched the English dub version on yes. HBO Max, uh, which has a voice cast consisting of Gene Simmons, uh, who plays um, who older plays Sophie. Old Sophie. Uh, Emily Mortimer, who plays young, young Sophie. Sophie. And we have Lauren Bacall, who plays Witch of the Waste. Christian Bale, who plays Howell. Which is just the best thing uh, ever. And Billy Crystal, who is the voice of Kelsifer. I love Kelsifer. He's great. Uh, so, Howell's Moving Castle. So, it the plot is... It's odd. It's easy to describe, but it's weird. Yeah, so... We get introduced pretty much immediately to Sophie, who mm-hmm. is a hat maker in some unspecified time because the it, the time is bizarre. It's bizarre because it looks like it's like eighteen hundreds or something. It's like Victorian but, era Japan. But or then something. they have like planes. <laughs> well, they're and not stuff. in Ju- they're not in Japan though, are they? Are they? I have no idea. Okay. The, this whole thing, the setting, the timing is all very confusing. Yeah. But we are introduced to Sophie. She makes hats. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's very much one of those people that hates uh, big crowds and parties and stuff. She doesn't like... She does not think much of herself. She does not think much of herself either. She is just a lowly hat maker girl. Yes. She is but a peasant woman. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, she runs afoul some police officers who are very creepy. Yes, they're very creepy. And, and then... She's rescued by Howell. She is rescued by a mysterious stranger. Yes. <laughs> Who we later learn is Howell. And uh, he has this supposed reputation. He's a ladies' man, sort of. Of being a ladies' man. Yeah. He only goes after the pretty girls, which Sophie does not consider herself one of. Yes. And then uh, a bunch of, like, useless story takes place. Well, like, Howell has some people after him. Howell has some people after him. Including the Witch of the Waste. Yes. Who... Who puts a curse on Sophie Sophie. to make her old. Yes. And she can't tell anyone about it. No. Until she does. Until she does. (laughs) Which... uh, Maybe I'll... That might be a slight hole. (laughs) There might be an issue there. She does kind of start saying it to people, so... Um, But she can't outright say... She can't say it to Howell. Yeah. I know that. Um, Or anybody associated with Howell. Yeah. She seeks him out, I think, in the hopes that maybe he He can can help help her. her. 
And then a whole, you know, we get introduced to a whole bunch of characters. The people who live in the moving castle, we get introduced to a, uh, a scarecrow with a turnip head. Who, his name is Turniphead. His name is Turniphead. He's the best character in this movie. And we... <laughs> <laughs> he bounces a lot. Um, he does. He travels by bouncing on his stick. Yes. There is... Um, we learn that there's also a war going on between two factions. Yes. And they both employ traditional fighting methods, but they also have magic users among their yes. ranks as well. And both sides want to recruit Howell. Uh, he's very powerful. Although under pseudonyms, he they don't know he's Howell. He's yes. He is playing both sides, I think, in an effort to maybe stop the war. Because mm-hmm. um, he thinks that this war is ridiculous and it shouldn't be happening. Yes. Uh, and in the midst of all of this, um, we've got other people who are looking. Uh, there's a bunch of people looking for Howell. Yeah. Um, but. Long, it's kind of like a long story short sort of thing, but the war gets stopped, the curses get removed. Everybody is okay in the end. Everybody is okay in the end. There's a, a an old dog who I think is better than Turniphead. Oh, yeah. Um, Suleiman. Suleiman's dog is actually the best thing that I've ever seen. He's just a very low to the ground dog, low center of gravity dog who is also old, cannot bark. So he communicates with breath noises. Yeah, he basically just wheezes instead of barks. Like he tries to bark, but he he, tries. He has no bark left in him. He's more of a wheezy dog than anything. Uh which makes for the most hilarious it's, lines. It's actually really funny. And it feels like the second half of the movie Miyazaki's like, okay, this dog needs to have 25% more lines. And by lines, we just mean wheeze sounds. He's just going to wheeze. The dog isn't given a voice credit, which I think is ridiculous. Um, on Wikipedia, it says Blythe Danner is the voice. The the voice. Yes. And uh, that blew my mind because she is a fairly famous actress. Uh, she <laughs> Just for the people, you think you could give your best impression of the wheeze? Um, it's just <laughs> that's what it is. That's all it is. That's that's it. Over he, he communicates through wheeze. Sometimes the wheezes sound a little more excited. Sometimes they're a little more blue. It just sort of depends on the mood of the dog in the moment. But that yes. is the range of the acting. Anyway, the person behind all of that sublime wheezing uh, <laughs> has uh, is the recipient of several accolades, including two primetime Emmy awards for best supporting actress in a drama series. Uh, a Tony Award for Best Actress in her performance, Butterflies Are Free, on Broadway. Nice. Uh, she was twice nominated for a Primetime Emmy for Outstanding Guest Actress in a Comedy Series. Uh, and a uh, Primetime Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Miniseries or Movie. Incredible. <laughs> oh, and uh, she also received a Golden Globe nomination as well. Uh, and th- have you ever seen the movie Meet the Parents? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, you know of that movie? No. <laughs> mm. Well, never mind. Anyways. Um, she's a- <laughs> Back on topic. She's like the mom in that movie. But yeah, she she plays the dog in the movie. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> Anyways. What a, what a credit. Can you imagine? Like, Can you oh, imagine yes, I'm like... esteemed actress. Wow, so Miyazaki I- wants me to be in his movie. I love his work. What do you want me to do? We want you Wheeze. to be a dog. <laughs> yes. You're playing an old, old dog who wheezes and nothing more. Yep. You don't talk. Nothing. 
You just wheeze. You know, honestly, that is a, I feel like that's an acting challenge on par with Vin Diesel playing Groot in the Guardians movies. <laughs> like, you only get one thing to do, and you must convey all of the emotions through for, through this one thing that you're allowed Which, to say. Which, granted, he does a great job of. Yeah, and I feel like she does a pretty good job here. I didn't even realize it was a she, of course, because, because it's just it's wheezing. Just, it's wheezing, yeah. <laughs> but... Tremendous. I don't know if the dog is a boy or a girl in the movie. I believe the dog is a boy. Well, I believe could have fooled me. It sounded like very masculine wheezing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I was not entirely sure how I was going to feel about this movie. Mm-hmm. I know that Studio Ghibli movies, I know anime in general to me, are just kind of weird and I don't understand them necessarily. Well, it's a thing that you get used to over time. Because there, there was a time, believe it or not, when I also thought anime was weird. Yeah, I mean, it is it's weird. It's really just a thing that you have to get used to. It's it is a, weird. This movie is weird, but it's not as weird as I thought it was going to be. It's an acquired taste. Mm. Well, this movie is not nearly as weird as I thought it was going to be. Yes, this movie is quite normal. Uh, as far as, yeah, I mean, on the curve. On the Studio Ghibli curve. Yeah, uh, as, as normal, normal as a Studio Ghibli movie can be, <laughs> this is pretty normal. This was not overly bizarre. Yes. Uh, in fact, it was actually quite wonderful. The animation style, I thought, was tremendous. Yes. It's gorgeous. Yeah, these movies look incredible. Everything was gorgeous. And these are the HBO Max versions, I think I mentioned, which means they are in They're beautiful in high, high def. def. And, They've oh. been remastered and cleaned up, and they look absolutely beautiful great so they're gorgeous to look at i think the voice performances are very good oh yeah i christian bale did excellent in this movie (laughs) i didn't even realize it was him his voice sounded familiar and i'm like neither did i i thought i was detecting hints of keanu reeves in there i really yeah i under i i feel that and then Uh, i had to go look and it's like i found out it was christian bale that was the only thing i could hear then you could hear it and then later so okay so howl is not only is, is he not only is he a powerful magic user, he's but he's some, also not human. He's some bird creature, and Calcifer yes. keeps warning him that he can't keep pushing himself because mm-hmm. he will permanently be a bird, and there will be no saving him. Calcifer, we should point out, voiced by Billy Crystal, is a fire demon. He's excellent. Who I, who moves the Howl's moving castle? Yes, Howl puts him in charge of everything. But so. he's also the holder <laughs> of Howl's heart. Yes, that was the exchange that they made so that Calcifer would work with him. Mm-hmm. Was that Calcifer would yoink Howell's heart, and uh, that is how Howell would get to be free, I guess, from I don't know. Uh, yeah, something. Some of those things are a little more confusing than yeah. others. There's a lot of points in this movie where it's just confusing. But some of the things that really stood out, though, are very clear. Uh, mm-hmm. Things that Miyazaki wanted, I think. Yes. To get across. Um, he is uh, a pacifist, Miyazaki is, and this was very much an anti-war movie. This was made mm-hmm. during the Iraq War, mm-hmm. uh, and he started coming up with these ideas after seeing um, Iraq being bombed, like, out of existence, practically. Yeah, there is a lot of bombing imagery in this movie. Yes, and he's very he's very anti-war. Um, there's basically three things in here. I guess one of the other things is something that's in all of Miyazaki's films. And I guess if we watch more of those Studio Ghibli films, we will see them. But one of his things is flight. He yes. really likes flight. And he, he really likes flight. There's a lot of flying in this movie. Mm-hmm. And 
um, there's the duality of it because it, clearly he thinks it's something majestic and beautiful, mm-hmm. but is also very aware that it can be used for not good things. Obviously, yes. like all of the the warplanes and stuff. Mm-hmm. He is uh, he's kind of an anti technologist sort of like he feels like we've gotten too far away from our roots in nature yes and we rely too much on our equipment uh as i say right now talking into a microphone that's going into a digital podcast that you are probably listening to on your phone right now uh so miyazaki would be very disappointed he would be very disappointed at this podcast (laughs) even uh, though we are praising his movie i apologize um (laughs) and the other thing that he talks about is uh aging uh growing old but in a like not in a negative light uh yeah aging in compassion yes um the like sophie when younger was very unsure of herself mm-hmm. but when she was cursed to be old cursed with old yeah <laughs> she seemed to me to be more she seemed to be more accepting of just everything. Like yeah, and more f- and more forthwith as well. She yes. was willing to like speak her mind more often. Mm-hmm. Um, she was put in a position of power, and still, uh, people fell in love with her, even though she was old. Yeah, uh, which is something you don't see very often, mm-hmm. um, and you don't see elderly grandma types put in these sort of situations. No, uh, that she is in, uh, and I thought. Um, the performance here was just excellent. I I loved everything about that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was tremendous. Um, if I were to have a critique, it's probably the end, which sort of the felt like... The end kind of made no sense. The end sort of felt like it just happened, like, real quick. Yeah, so, uh, essentially, Howell almost dies, or he does die, or something, mm-hmm. Uh the Witch of the Waste steals his heart from Calcifer, which causes Calcifer to disappear. Yes. Um, so Sophie gives Howl his heart back, and Howl, you know, springs back to existence. Mm-hmm. And I don't... I don't remember the circumstances under which it happened, but Turniphead, we find out, was this prince from one of the kingdoms that are (laughs) fighting currently and i guess he was like missing or something and i guess Mm -hmm. he was cursed to be the scarecrow Mm -hmm. and there was this whole thing of like oh the curse could only be broken by true love's kiss which is just confusing because it's i mean okay yeah (laughs) it's confusing on a lot of levels because sophie kisses him yes and it breaks the spell yes so he can only the spell can only be broken by true love's kiss. But Sophie doesn't love him. No. She loves Howell, so That either suggests that the curse isn't what it's supposed to be, or it's suggesting that Sophie is this prince's true love, regardless of her feelings toward him, which is just sad. Uh because his true love is somebody that doesn't love him back. And also, the way this all happens... 
Well, no, because he seems very okay with the fact yes. that she's not. Yes, that's the other thing that's confusing, right? He's like, Which, it can only be broken by true love's kiss. And they're like, oh, okay, well, there's the problem. She, she loves him. Yeah, and he's like, oh, okay, dude. I'll just go back to my kingdom. Bye. Well, because <laughs> like, that whole thing caused me to believe that maybe it doesn't necessarily mean true love in like a romantic sense. Oh, like, like she just, just loved. Like platonic she, sense. Yeah, she loved Turnip Because she really appreciated Turnip Head. Like yeah. he was very helpful throughout their whole yeah, maybe, journey. You know what? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm thinking of it too romantically instead of platonically. Um, yeah, that's very possible. Yeah. So maybe that's not maybe that's not the hole that I think it is in the story. So maybe that would imply that that that's why he's okay with it mm-hmm. because it's not. It's just a romantic. very common trope that it's supposed to be romantically based. Yeah. But you're right. He is very much like, oh, thanks for that. I I appreciate you too, buddy. I'm gonna go back to my. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna go back to where I live now. Bye. And then <laughs> yeah. and then the story just ends. And then they're all you know. Calcifer comes back. Mm-hmm. He's willingly staying with them, not yep. making any deal or anything like that. He's yeah. willingly staying with the gang. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so everybody and then, lives and then they just live after. happily ever after, and they leave. I don't know where they're going. I yeah. don't know what they're doing. But they leave. Um, And then that's where the movie ends. In an interview a few years ago, Miyazaki said that this is still his favorite creation. Yes. This is still his favorite movie. And he said because he sees the overall message of the film is that life is worth living. Mm -hmm. And he still believes that. So uh, that makes this still like his favorite movie that he's made. Uh, which feels like now I've I've started with the high bar and it's only downhill from here with the rest <laughs> of Miyazaki's movies, which I don't think is the case because there are a few others that I really do want to see. And um, I hope that eventually you will pick them. But, you know, I don't want to turn this into the Kayla Makes Dad Watch like anime movies podcast. I won't. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, I feel like I, I resonate. I think I resonate a little bit with Miyazaki. Not on everything, but I get what he's saying in a lot of these things. Um, and this movie really, 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 really worked for me. I liked it a lot. So uh, you picked a good one this week. Um, any other any other thoughts or feelings or characters or moments in this movie that you really liked? I mean, it just. Just everything in this movie was immaculate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I love this movie. It's really um, good. I spent about, as I'm sure my dad can confirm, I spent 90% of this movie losing my damn mind over how attractive Howell is. Mm-hmm. He looked like a little boy to me, but I mean, he's, I'm an old, old man. He's a very pretty man. And I, I appreciated it very much. Everybody had anime faces. I also I also thought it was genuinely very hilarious when he had a whole breakdown over the fact that his his hair was a different color. Oh yes. Uh he was like losing his mind. That was really was... fun. He I've never seen a character so emo before in my life. He's like, Life's just not worth living if I can't be beautiful. He was so dramatic. He's very hilarious. He was very vain, and he does have a character arc in this. Um, in this yeah. as well. I don't think Howell his... does struggle with himself a little bit. Yeah. Because he, <laughs> I think uh, he struggles with a lot of stuff that, not even necessarily like bad stuff. It's just mm-hmm. stuff that he doesn't like address ever. Yeah. Like Calcifer points out that when he's freaking out about his hair, he's like, oh, he hasn't been this upset since like this girl dumped him. Yeah. Like, he definitely has some issues that he needed to work through. Yeah. Um, I think Sophie probably has the best arc 
in in the movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think it's more her movie, even though it's called Howl's Moving Castle. I think the movie is clearly more about her. And it was like a weird journey of self-discovery. Usually, like, coming-of-age self-discovery movies are about um, somebody growing up, but really yeah. not in this fashion. Because especially that thing you were telling me about, <laughs> about how her hair stayed gray at the end of the movie and didn't change back to brown even though she was young again. Yes. Uh, was done so apparently as a reminder to her of everything that she has learned and gained. Yes, and that she is keeping with her the, the wisdom yes, and that, knowledge that she acquired. Yes. Um, it was a not-so-subtle way of saying... Like she's young again, but, but she's, she's going to forget about. What she's more com- She's more confident. She's yeah. Yeah. Um, she's more her true self than she was at the beginning of the movie. So, mm-hmm. I really liked it. What would you give this movie, Kayla, on uh, the Cinema Geekly sliding scale of one to five, including quarters? Ooh, you know what? Just because the ending was so weird, I'm going to give it like a four and a half. Okay. Just because the ending made no sense, and I was very confused. I mean, I feel like you <laughs> helped make some sense of it here. Yeah. And I think that improves things a little bit for me, but I went with, a like, a solid four. I thought I this like was what, really good. What makes me confused about the ending is that that whole reveal of, like, oh, this prince that was missing, there was no mention of him before that. Yeah. So I feel like if they had mentioned it before, it would have made more sense. Or, or, if, if, he, was... or if he was mentioned, it was done in passing or something. Yeah. It wasn't, it it wasn't, wasn't a major It wasn't significant enough for yeah. me to remember it. But if they had done something of, like, bringing it up, spending time on it, mm-hmm. maybe, like, dropping hints that Turniped wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. who we thought he was or anything like that. Yeah, no, we clearly knew it was a cursed scarecrow, but for all we know, it was a yeah, regular... But for, yeah, but... For all we know, it was like Frosty the Snowman, where it's yeah, like a snowman. Yeah, it's like a snowman that's brought to life. Yeah. That's what I thought all this was, too, was just a brought to life scarecrow. Not that he was like a prince in hiding or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but it, it did feel like it still, the ending sort of feels like it, it zoomed through the ending really quick. Mm-hmm. Like it just happened really fast. Um, it's like, okay, all the curses are broken, and now there's this guy, and then there's a true love thing, but maybe it's not that kind of true love. And anyway, we're going to get going. Yay! Credits! Uh, it really happened fast uh but other than that i loved it i thought this was really good and this makes me want to watch more miyazaki movies so down the line i hope you shall pick some of the other miyazaki movies that you have not seen but you've always wanted to watch yes uh but in the meantime i will let kayla rest as we all know her brain can only stand one movie every other few weeks I'm very tired. It can really only contain one movie at a time. Yeah, I have very limited brain capacity. <laughs> her, head, <laughs> her head would explode otherwise if she yep. were to watch more than one thing. Uh, so now it's time to go into regenerative cooldown mode. Yep, I'm going to go cryogenically freeze myself <laughs> for a week. <laughs> Until and, the uh, next episode. Uh, I will then, be, then I'll be refreshed and ready to go. I will then let her out of the cryo tube and... Thaw me out. Yes, and then you will... I will lead you immediately in your frozen stupor over to the DVD case for you to select a new movie. This is our father-daughter relationship. Yep. And you will pick a movie, and we will watch it, and then we will sit down and talk about it again soon. 
Um, but in the meantime, you can head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Please, we're funny. Just <laughs> search, well, wow, the hubris. Uh, just search for Mystery <laughs> Teen Girl, Girl Theater, Theater 9000. And we're never going to change that name, so just get used to that. I've accepted it. Hit subscribe. It's on the new podcast art. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll be back next time with a brand new movie of Kayla's choosing. Yay. Kayla, go enjoy your cryogenic sleep. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I'm just going to put you outside. <laughs> it's very cold here. Yeah, right it's now. like negative one, so. Yeah.